0: Welcome to the Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. The presence of the Lord is here. He, um, he's still here, and um, and what we did not finish in worship, it, it continues on through through this part of the service, and I know that's because He has. He wants to speak to your heart today. He wants to bring truth to you today, and um, he wants to bring freedom. And uh, so, if you'll just continue to allow that stirring that you feel, that I feel in my in my belly this morning, um, continue to allow that to take place. Don't check out. Stay connected. Stay connected to what the Spirit of God is speaking, what He's wanting to do, and uh, and specifically what He's wanting to do in your life. In particular this morning Uh, so can you make that commitment with me that you'll do that and honestly because without his presence here I'm not really not any good at this so uh, but with him I'm able to do what he's uh, assigned me to do which I don't want to do this morning so that's not unusual for me I have found in my journey um, of sharing the Word of God that he doesn't always give me the messages I want to give like, come on, you know? And um, because of that, I, I come kicking and screaming because my heart is heaven. My heart is God. My heart is for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's, that's where I, I want to be. That's where I want us to be. That's where I want to help take you. That's what I want. And then he pretty blatantly over and over told me that I needed to talk about the accuser this morning and uh i want to you know i want us to be so focused on heaven that that the enemy doesn't have a foothold in our life like there's there's no way that he can uh you know come in and try to distort it was very interesting because um not to point a finger but it was interesting to hear it's it's very um normal for us as humans to make statements like I'm no good at this or I'm no good at... To notice all of our pitfalls, all of our downfalls, all of the things that we're not good at. And even Wade, you know, when he came up here, because his heart, you know, the Holy Spirit was stirring in him. And I thought, wow, how amazing it was. Right there in that moment, the accuser was there telling you all the things you weren't doing and all the ways that you were not able to accomplish it. And then what did the father do? He came down and said, but you're my son. But you're my son. And you are worthy. You are worthy for me to send Jesus to die on the cross you are worthy for me to send my son isn't that beautiful isn't that beautiful so as we talk about the accuser today just know that i'm not bringing any glory to him but i am bringing light into a dark place because i do believe sometimes we can um we can be sabotaged in our own thinking like we allow those thoughts those things to linger too long in our spirit before we uh before we turn that thing around and we allow God to speak to us through it so I've been um, so in saying that it's become very aware to me that um, that just because we want to say something doesn't exist doesn't mean it doesn't exist okay and I know that's maybe a little circular reasoning that circles around itself a little bit but just because we can say it's not there doesn't mean that it's not all right? So I can, I can, I always use food. Sorry, it's, what can I say? I can see that, well, Wade, he made beef jerky yesterday. Oh my goodness, so good. The house smelt so good. It's so yummy. And I could smell it and see it. I could see it on the counter. I could say it's not there, but it's there, right? I could be in denial to say that it doesn't exist but I can smell it I watched him put the meat on the dehydrator Um, I saw him put it into the bag and lay it on the counter and it was calling my name over and over again it was good (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so there's um a few things that I want to talk about talking about the accuser uh, and one of those is if you haven't recognized I'm really working on my mic control or have to so you know I'm trying to get better mic usage but so you anyway I apologize <laughs> if you see me go up and down with it but uh, we're living in a postmodern post-Christian world. I'm going to talk a little bit about worldview because I think it's important for us to see uh, what has happened, how we have allowed the accuser to come in and distort truth and to change, uh, to change our perception of that, and how even though we all want to ignore him, right, as we are able to do and we should do, that ignoring it doesn't mean that he's not still doing what he was created to do what he is doing so um so here's the thing because we do live in a post-christian post-modern world um that believes that 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 is the belief that there's no absolute truth like um, we have absolute truth because we're christians and we believe on the word of god there are certain morals and standards and truths that we believe because they are true because we believe that they are true. But in a postmodern world, that's not the case. With, with a postmodern world, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And that's okay. As long as your truth doesn't infringe on mine or I don't like your truth. And then I don't want to hear it. Right? That's the world we live in. And so that world doesn't work very well because it's an absence of anything spiritual. It's all about logic and what, how I feel and what I think and, and, and um, how I feel in the moment even, which is why social media is such a disaster. Right, because too many of us, too many people respond in feelings, how they're feeling, the way they think that it should be, their truth. Well, that's your truth, but that's not mine. So what makes it really difficult is that when we go to have like a, a, a real dialect, a real conversation with someone, we have no basis on which to begin that conversation. Because there's n- not a starting point. Your truth is not mine. I believe and I feel one way and you, your truth is infringing on mine so therefore yours is null and void. It should not exist. And that's where, honestly, that's where Christians have found themselves. And uh, we have found ourselves in that place to where many, many truths are allowed but not the Christian absolute truth. There's not really space for that. And, um, and so uh, it, that's kind of a... It's sad, right? It's sad. It's not um, something that we can get excited about because it makes us feel more and more isolated. Well, why do we think that is? Why do we think there's an attack against truth? And who do we think is doing that? Who's orchestrating that attack against the truth, right? So so it's, it is easy. And I, I mean, I love like being in the heavenly realm and, and being in that place. But what we have to recognize is that the accuser's there too. That he is there, we don't want to give him authority and rights, but he is there. That uh, that even um, uh, oh, I'm really jumping ahead here, but that even <laughs> that even Jesus was tempted by the accuser, right? And so here he had just spent 40 days um, fasting and praying in the wilderness. Uh, is that uh, Luke Nathaniel? I think it's in Luke. Yeah, uh, no, nope. Matthew. And it says this, it says Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. And so I think that, that Jesus really gives us a model of how to address the accuser and how we should handle him. So the accuser is Satan. If you look up the definition for Satan, it actually says that. That is the definition for Satan, is the accuser. It's the opposer. It's the adversary. He is against everything that we are for everything that we are for he's against there's no wiggle room there's no middle ground he can sometimes pose as light an angel of light so he can begin to talk a good talk but when you get to the core of it he's just there to accuse you and to oppose everything that God is there is no truth in him is actually what scripture says that he does not even know truth so even when he does masquerade as an angel of light it's still deception it's always deception. That is who he is. It is the opposite of Christ. It is the opposite of God. There's no gray area. That's it. There's no gray area. So there's no way that we should play with that thing. There's no place that we should allow the accuser to exist in our life. Because it is the opposite. I'm not a scientist, but I know a few. And... Uh, and so here's my attempt at being scientific but as i was thinking about this i couldn't help but think about uh uh, newton's third law and it says i have it in my notes so i can share it with you it says um, In science, Newton's third law states that for every action, every force in nature, there is an equal and opposite reaction. In in other words, if object A exerts force on an object B, then object B also exerts the equal and opposite force on object A. So, I found this good because, I found this interesting because that to me, in my mind, which may not be used exactly in the correct scientific model, but in my mind, that to me is like good and evil. It's the force of the back and forth. It's the tugging of the back and forth. We experience in our, it, it in our life, right? In any moment, we feel God pulling us this way and it's almost as if the enemy is right there pulling the other way. The only difference is that in Newton's third law, it says that they are equal, and Satan is not equal to God. He is less than. Do not make him equal in your life. We do not make him equal in our life, even when he rears his head. And he does, because he's the accuser. So just like when I get up here, to, or I'm preparing for this message, he's sitting over here, like Tom and Jerry, the good mouse is on this shoulder, the bad mouse is on this shoulder, right? And he's whispering. And and Tom or Jerry, whichever one it is, I don't know which one's the mouse, But whichever one it is has to decide in the moment, what voice am I going to listen to? What voice am I going to give power and authority and rule and reign over me? He has to decide in that moment. Well, sometimes he would choose the right way, right? And then other times he wouldn't. But the thing about the enemy is that, uh, that he wants us to think that he is as powerful as God. And so when we allow all of that, uh, all of that accusing and opposition to come up in our life and, and we allow him to stay a little bit too long, it derails us. That is the assignment, for him to derail us, to get us off the course that God has laid before us and to keep us from doing what God has created us to do and to keep the world moving in a direction that's not... God's design and purpose right now we know that the scripture says that God will will take uh all the bad and turn it around for our good it says that because he recognizes that while the enemy is present he is not the authority and so whatever junk or whatever maybe you may be battling right now that, that torments you because that's part of Satan, that's part of what he does. He torments, he accuses, he upsets. Anytime that's taking place, I'm pretty frustrated with him today, because, um, which is a good thing because um, I'm tired of seeing him derail. I'm tired of seeing him derail us to get us off course he comes in all cunning and sweet and starts whispering all of these these he speaks to our insecurities he speaks to all of these areas that we doubt ourselves, that keeps us from being able to step into all that God has called us to be and placed in us to be he he causes us to question the identity that God placed on us when he sealed our heart that's what he's doing He just comes in to stir the pot, just to stir the pot. So um, the reason that this is so uh, heavy on me is because a few months ago I had a dream. And um, God speaks to me through dreams. Actually, I I can't even tell you if it's a dream or a vision because I was not quite asleep. (laughs) But I had this dream and i'm going to share it with you because i think it's significant um i've only shared it with a few people and uh, i've just kind of hung on to it it was back in december he showed me he speaks to me through dreams. That's just part of our relationship. Um, in, in Scripture, God spoke to a lot of people through dreams and visions. It was very normal, very, very common to speak to people through dreams and visions. And so this is just one of the ways maybe he knows that i got to be quiet and everything else has to be shut off and it's the only way I'll pay attention to what he has to say. But he chooses to speak to me that way. And so here, um, so here is the dream so i was laying in the bed i had not yet quite fallen asleep Um, i but i encountered this woman i was um, i had seen her before in dreams that i had had and i want to make sure that i share as much of the detail with you as i can because i think it's important and so if you see me look at my notes it's just because i want to make sure i do that um and so i had seen her before in a dream and but this time I was in a room where there was a door and I was about to grab a hold of the door and as I did she came up and wrapped her arms around me from behind and held me really really tight and then all of a sudden she began to whisper into my ear and at that moment I knew that it was cursings. I knew that it was demonic I knew that she was speaking demonic things into my head freaked me out right not good So I tried to struggle with her to get her to let go of me, and she would not. We tousled and tousled around until I landed on the floor laying on my back, and she was on top of me, holding me down. And all I knew to do in that moment was to begin to declare the word of God over her and to to cast out the spirit that was on her. It's very interesting, interesting to me that that's what I chose to do in that moment, was to speak directly to the spirit that was attacking her that was then attacking me. And so I just be, continued to do that, to plead the blood of Jesus and to declare that the, the demon would leave, right? And so we wrestled around for what seemed like some time, and I continued to declare the word of God. And then she finally released me, and there was peace and calm. And then I came to myself, and Sophie and, and, and Wade walked in to the bedroom where I was at. And my heart was still racing and pounding after what ex- the experience that I had just had with this woman and, and I shared a little bit with him. Like I was still like, was that real? Or was that a dream moment? And so what I realized was that it was a vision. And so I've, I've molded around many, many different uh, interpretations. Uh, I've shared it, I've gotten some feedback, which is a great thing to do. God, because God does speak that way to people. And so, and so what I've kind of drawn from that is that my hand, as I was beginning to grab that door, was a door that God wanted to open. But what happened when I went to grab that door? God was trying to move me through one door, and the enemy was trying to hold me back from passing through that door. And, uh, and that's what i one of the things that i've recognized about that and and what i think is important about that is because at the end of 2020 we felt corporately in the leadership that there was just we were at a pinnacle a place where god was moving us into something new into a direction where he wanted to release something new in the house in his kingdom and we felt like that that was we were supposed to be a part of that. And so what I found interesting is that God had allowed me to see that dream to say that there's going to be a battle to get to the door. But that we weren't to to give up on that and that we needed to take authority over it and it would flee didn't mean that there wouldn't be a moment of wrestling but that it would release In that because every demon has to bow at the name of Jesus. There is no greater name than the name of Jesus. So I cannot exalt that spirit above what God wants to do. I I mean, I could choose to do that. He is only going to have as much authority in your life, the accuser, as you allow it to have in your life. It doesn't mean that he's not there. Because it says that he even still has access to the throne of God. The enemy, the accuser, has access to the throne of God. What? It's crazy. He has access to you, but he does not have authority to touch you. And you have greater authority to tell him to go to hell. You do. Because he has no business tormenting you. Is no business pulling on you and keeping you from where God wants to move you absolutely not absolutely not here's some of the things I wanted to share with you one of the things that we heard at our New Year's Eve service if you were able to be here was a shift in the spirit is coming ready your gaze set your eyes on the Father a shift in the spirit is coming ready your gaze set your eyes on the Father the reason it's so important that we set our gaze and our eyes on the Father is because if we don't, we'll put our eyes on the accuser. We'll allow that voice to become louder than what God is is doing and, what, and where he wants to take us. And so I believe that because he is wanting to do something, I mean, hello, look at what is going on in our country, right? This is a postmodern world that we live in. There is an absence of Christianity well I, I went on the crazy train preparing for this message don't anybody look at my search history on my Chromebook right now cuz it's iffy <laughs> but I wanted to know more you know I wanted to know um, what exactly is the agenda of Satan on the earth right now and so I checked out two things I checked out the Church of Satan and the satanic church which happened to be two different things we don't really know all that right as christians we don't go looking for those kinds of things but i did now i did know that the first commandment in the church of satan was to do as you please that's the first commandment in that book do as you please why do you think that is because we don't know what's right for us we are not able to make good decisions and good choices for ourselves without God. We will dig ourselves a hole, will we not? Because we will follow our feelings. We'll follow however we are in that moment or, or, or whatever feels good, do it, right? If it feels good, do it. So, as I was looking, there was one of the, they have a nine tenets, <laughs> nine statements that the Church of Satan has listen to this one this is the ninth one satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept it in business all these years isn't that crazy we are overcomers we are overcomers greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world But yet the church of Satan wants its followers to know that Satan is the best gift that's ever been given to the church because we allow him into our life. We allow him into our situations. We allow him to speak into our life, and we don't take authority over it. And because we don't take authority over it, we we end up oppressed by the spirit of the accuser, the thing that holds us back, right? Right? So look at this. Talk about um, talk about uh, masquerading as an angel of light because that's in scripture. Let me see if I can find that scripture. I think it was in Luke. Maybe it'll come to me in a minute. I'll see it on my list. But that's what it calls him, is the angel of light. So... Um, The Church of Satan, oh, no, the Satanic Church, has become an activist organization. They're all about justice and equality. If you go to their website, they have after-school programs. They have after-school clubs where the kids can go and be a part of the Satanic Church because they're going around doing good, right, doing good. They're looking for justice and equality, women's rights, women's reproductive uh, equality and rights. And uh, and their big thing is it's all based on secularism. Satan is a spirit, but let me feed you a little secularism. Tell you, there's no need for anything spiritual. It's all natural and science-based. There's an absolute nothing that has to do with the spirit. But let me tell you that we can all we can figure it out all with our minds, with our wisdom and our own knowledge. It's all about man's understanding. If it can't be proven with science, it doesn't exist. But yet Satan himself is a spirit. It's deceiving and cunning. Let's, let's print out some coloring sheets. Why don't we do that in a couple of weeks for family service? We'll just print out some of the coloring sheets on the Satanic Church website, and we'll provide those. I'm not kidding you right now. After school programs for the satanic church. So they protest and they they believe that they're bringing wisdom and knowledge and understanding. All the time Satan's sitting there laughing. He's laughing because he's got him in in his grip. Because we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to see that. We don't want to know that it is actually a real force in our world. But yet we carry the authority and the power to overcome it and to cast it down we cannot give it an inch in our life we cannot give it an inch when he comes into your home or he comes into your mind or you're thinking and he begins to speak all those lies and things that aren't true we have to take authority over it immediately if you don't know anything else but to say the name of Jesus say the name of Jesus Jesus and he has to flee he has to flee not that he might flee or he has the option to flee we give him the option to flee But we command him to go in Jesus' name. We command him to go in Jesus' name. He is not allowed here. This will not happen in my home. I command you to go in Jesus' name. We will not allow this kind of spirit of disunity to to reign in our home. We will not. I am not fighting against flesh and blood, but of powers and principalities and rulers of evil darkness. That's what I battle. Stop thinking that it's personality issue, and it's the enemy stirring the pot. And we need to take authority off over it and get rid of it and tell it to go and we do that and we continue to do that because he will come back and he will knock again just like us trying to walk into the place that that we believe God is leading us next she decided to slip right in while I wasn't even looking grab I saw her when I walked in the room in my dream I saw her but I didn't see her coming up behind me to wrap her arms around me and to restrain me To keep me from being able to walk through that door I could have just taken it but my spirit rose up inside me the Holy Spirit began to stir inside of me in a mad rage like no 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 this is not happening I will not allow those words to take root in my heart they will not stay and I take authority over it in Jesus name don't be casual with the attack of the enemy don't be casual with that. Call it out and tell it to go. Don't allow that stuff to just sit there. It, it causes, um, it, it'll cause lethargy. Just like, eh, yeah, no, eh, it's okay. It, that, have you ever seen that over people? Like, almost like they've gone to sleep. Like the enemy has lulled them to sleep, and they just take whatever comes, but they don't have, uh, they don't have the knowledge or the understanding that they can rise up and take authority over. it. And I refuse to let that happen in this house. I refuse to let that happen. We refuse to let that happen. And he will. He'll come into your uh, your family and cause discord and issues, make us want to fight within each other, because he gets pleasure out of that the enemy gets pleasure out of that when we fight amongst ourselves when we have issues with each other he gets pleasure from that and God is saying I've called you to a spirit of unity I've not called called you to a spirit of, of disunity and chaos and he will remind us over and over again of how we are not enough how we can't do it God speaks something in you. Have you ever been in a church service where the anointing is really strong and you're like, man, I, I feel, I hear you, God. I, I hear you speaking. I, I hear you. I hear what you're telling me, asking me to do, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to chase after you. And then all of a sudden, you leave that moment, that presence, where he's there in a stronger manifest, manifested way than normal, and then all of a sudden, doubt sweeps in. And all these thoughts of, I can't do this. I don't know how, I am, and I, I don't even know how to do that. And, and the enemy begins to speak into your ear like she was speaking into mine. All the negative reasons of why we can't. Because you know why? It keeps us from furthering the kingdom. It keeps us from doing and being about the business of the kingdom. If he can make us just sleepy enough and just casual enough about it all, then we'll just keep doing what we do the same way that we've always done it and not getting any, any of the results because it's what he does. So Tuesday night, we were here for prayer, and, and it has been really good. Tuesday night was, a, was unusual. <laughs> we had like, the Holy Spirit wanted to move. But it was one of those moments where the enemy was lurking just in the shadows. And it was so weird because even myself, I was standing, not like even me, but I just mean even myself, I was standing there going, wow, this is, this is strange. Like, I know you're here, Holy Spirit. I know that you're wanting to move. I see you moving. I see you physically moving in someone's body. But yet there's this something. That's not that. (laughs) And so we were standing here, and I could close my eyes. And as I was closing my eyes, I was almost not even aware of what I was seeing until I kind of came to myself. And I could see in my mind, I could see this dark figure walking around in a circle, whispering in the ears of people that even in a church service, he can try to, hinder what the Holy Spirit wants to do and so we had a choice in that moment I wasn't the only one that sensed that there were other people that were battling as well he came in pretty heavy and and the reason I say this is not to give him glory but it's because I do feel like we're standing remember we're standing there about to grab a hold of that door and you all are standing at a door it just seems like the season we're in and something he is about wanting to unlock, but the enemy can come in and begin to speak and start accusing us and hold us back. And so we, I, we begin to um, take authority over that thing, a spirit of intimidation, whatever it was. Whatever came to my spirit, I just begin to, sp- to pray out because we cannot allow him We cannot allow him to distort the truth. And he will try. And he will try. So um, I think I started this, but we're going to go back to it. Jesus. What would Jesus do, right? I did talk about that. So I think this is so neat. This is our new WWJD. I really like the way Jesus handled Satan. So in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. It says, afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. I thought that was very interesting. God knew that there was about to be a test, that Jesus was about to be tested. Things do not catch God, even our testing does not catch God off guard. He is aware. And he equips us. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. Then the tempter came to entice him to provide food by doing a miracle. So he said to Jesus, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? Just order these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. Has anyone ever fasted? And how quick for you does compromise want to set in? Uh, Yeah, yeah. for me, it's probably about 12 hours in. I start looking at that stone thinking, I I, I don't know, Lord, are you releasing me? Is this a release? I mean, honestly, the battle will start pretty soon. So here's Jesus, and and the enemy is like, go ahead, just turn that, turn that you know stone into bread you can do that i love what jesus says in verse four he answered the scriptures say he used the word of god as a weapon bread alone will not satisfy you but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from god's mouth i love that That's our weapon. We have to know the word of God. It is our weapon. It is a part of our weaponry for warfare. We have to know what the word says. Because when the enemy comes in, accusing and tempting, like he did Eve in the garden, you know, makes it look good. What can really happen? It's the same thing that's happening to Jesus. The same temptation that Eve at that the same level of temptation that Eve experienced as far as, look, wh- what's the big deal? What's the harm? Man, you're hungry. Just eat it. I feel bad now. I probably said that to a friend. Like, you know you're hungry. I do try to love with food, so I apologize. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so... He goes on to say in verse 5, he says, Then the accuser transported Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and perched him at the highest point of the temple. He is at the temple. Perched him at, at the highest point of the temple. That's the holy place. That's where the accuser took him. And said to him, If you are really God's son, jump and the angels will catch you. And then look, he even uses scripture. For it is written in scriptures. He will command his angels to protect you and they will lift you up so that you won't even bruise your foot on a rock. Wow. Using the scripture against him. Isn't this what the word of God says? And then Jesus. Once again, Jesus said to him, the scriptures say, you must never put the Lord your God to a test. never tempt god like that that means i'm not going to go to the top of a cliff and say all right god if you're really god i'm going to jump off here and then you're going to swoop in and save me and then i'll know you're really god that's what it means by tempting god that passage of scripture that also says that if you you know you pick up uh, drink any poisonous thing or you pick up a snake or it doesn't mean let's go out and, and play with the snakes in the yard and see you know tempt god like a goofball. <laughs> Those snakes. What, what was Satan in the garden? He was a serpent. Those are demons and, and 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 Satan. That's what it's figurative. Now, I do believe that if you get bitten by a snake trying to save someone's life and you pray that God can heal you and you will not die from the venom But let's not be ridiculous. So here's Satan using the word of God against Jesus. But Jesus says, you fool. I I know the game that you're playing with me. I may be hungry. (laughs) I may be. I may be weak. But I still know who my God is. Because sometimes we are weak. But that doesn't change who God is. And if we have a true understanding of who he is and who we are, then we can say, even in our weakness, Holy Spirit, come, I don't know what to say, you know. Or get out of here, you joker. I mean, really. Good gracious. Okay. So then a third time, nothing has worked so far, so the third time, the accuser lifted Jesus up into a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it, showing him his power, you know, all of this, you could have all of this, and all of these kingdoms I will give you, the accuser said. If only you will kneel down and worship me. If only you'll just kneel down. Just kneel down, and what's the big deal? Just worship me, and I'll give all of this to you. He plays on our weaknesses. He plays on our pride, which Wade talked about last week. He plays on those weaknesses, those things that we struggle with. He plays in those things. And then Jesus. But Jesus said, go away, enemy. He didn't just say, hey, come on, you know, I'm just going to go over here. I'm tired of talking to you. I'm going to go over here. He told the enemy to go away. Go away. Don't play with it. For the scriptures say, kneel before the Lord your God and worship only him. At once the accuser left him. And angels suddenly gathered around Jesus to minister to his needs. We cannot give an inch to the enemy. Jesus, I think it's very interesting in this particular story um, that Jesus, uh, that we were allowed to see that three times in three different scenarios with three different things that we got to see Jesus be tempted by the enemy. And we got to watch him walk through that. And so it really gives us a perspective of how we should handle the accuser when he shows up. And I'm telling you, I just like to go to option three right off the bat and just tell him to go away. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you have to go. I'm not dealing with you. Um, in our marriage, in our marriage, there are times that we have to look at each other and we have to say, I think the enemy is at play here because he will come in and cause discord between us. You know, he knows exactly what kind of things to get on my nerves about Wade or Wade, I get on his nerves for whatever reason. Whatever it would take to to separate us, to separ- to pull us apart from each other is what he wants to do because he knows that when we're unified unified, and we're walking together, That we complete the image of God. And God can do greater things when we're like that than when we're separate. And we just have to say, hey, look, in the midst of a heated moment, just identify that the accuser is there. Because that's what we do to each other. We accuse each other. We allow these things in our head to become accusations against our brother or sister. And they become hindrances in our life. They derail us from where God wants to lead us. And we just cannot allow that. We cannot allow that. For where he wants to take us, we cannot allow the enemy to come in like that. We cannot allow him a foothold or a moment. A moment. If we recognize it, then we need to tell it to get out of there. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. So would you stand with me? Look, I know that the enemy's been talking. There's no um, condemnation because to me, this is truth revealed. Um, its truth revealed in 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 the aspect that you need to recognize that while we are focused on heaven and that heaven is roaring and that what a beautiful name it is and all of those wonderful things we cannot stick our head in the ground and not think that the accuser, the accuser is not roaming around it says that he is like a lion seeking whom he can devour that's his assignment He wants to take as many of us with him as he can. And why is it easier for us to listen to that voice? Why is it easier for us to do that than to listen to Jesus who is bidding us and saying, just set your gaze on me. Set your gaze on me. Greater things, greater things do I have for you. I've given you all authority. He didn't just give that to Jesus. He gave us the same authority. Do you know that? We're not a pawn in a chess game where Jesus is sitting on one side and Satan is sitting on the other. We're not. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to free us from guilt and shame. Came to free us from that. He said, I got to go though, so that I can send the Holy Spirit, which empowers us. It empowers us to carry the message of Christ. So I just wanted to, I'm just going to roll off some of these scriptures about spiritual warfare and who we are. For everyone who has been born of God, overcomes the world we overcome and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith our faith overcomes with our faith we can overcome the world if we believe who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God and here's my Becky edition don't lose heart don't lose heart jesus has overcome the world he he, you know satan is is allowed to roam around still he won't be forever he won't be forever and he'll be locked up and we're looking forward to that day right so we don't have to deal with him but the thing is that god didn't uh, allow him to stay not thinking that we would not overcome just like Job, right? Satan went to him and said, let me, let me have one of yours. Let me have one of yours. And God said, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you try Job. But he knew what Job was made of because he made him and he put it in him. He knew what Job was made of. He knew that he would overcome. And he knows that about you. He's not expecting you to be plucked out of his hand. <laughs> he's not. He's looking for you to overcome because he's equipped you and he's empowered you to do so. That's the God that we serve. Oh, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14. And no wonder even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Don't forget that. Don't drink the Kool-Aid of the enemy. Don't drink it. It don't taste good. It don't taste good. It will poison you and it will kill you. It will destroy you. That's what it is designed to do. Drink of the Holy Spirit. Drink of heaven. Drink of the blood of Jesus that brings life and brings it more abundantly. Drink of it. That is who you are. You're not called to be casual. You're not called to be casual Christian. You're not called to follow him casually. We're all in. It's not even about uh, uh, the, the, the good angel and the bad angel sitting on our shoulder. You know, God and Satan sitting there. We're like all team Jesus. All team Jesus. We're not team Jesus today and then eh, maybe I'll bat for them, you know, for the enemy. No, no, we don't give him an inch. We cast down every imagination that rises up against the truth and the knowledge of who Christ is. We cast it down. It says that we have the ability to bind and loose. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That means that if there's an attack of the enemy that's coming against me, I'm binding that thing because I want it bound here. And I'm going to loose the opposite of whatever it is. If I'm struggling with depression and suicide, then I'm going I'm to bind a spirit of depression and suicide off of myself, and I'm, I'm going to declare and lose joy and peace over my situation. You see how that works? That's how it works. When the enemy comes to tell you that you're not enough, then you say, I bind that spirit of, of inadequacy. I bind a spirit of inadequacy. And I lose identity over myself in the name of Jesus. That's what you do. You don't give it a minute. Don't give it a minute. Because it just wants to destroy you. And you may look at the world and say, but they don't struggle. Why aren't they struggling? They've already drank the Kool-Aid. We're trying to pull them out of darkness. Even the satanic church tells them that there's nothing spiritual. They're completely deceived with blinders on their eye. They cannot even see how far into the pit they already are. But God has given us life and given it to us more abundantly so we can reach in and pull them out with a message of hope. But we can't if we're drinking the same Kool-Aid. We have nothing to offer them. We have nothing. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself this morning. I'm going to preach myself on the team Jesus. Maybe that's it. But I refuse. I refuse to let him get one single foothold over any of you in this house. For one, I'll fight for you. I'll fight for you. But he's given you the authority to do it too, he's given you the authority. In Ephesians, it says, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. If you're having an issue in your family right now with discord, begin to bind that spirit. And begin to speak unity over that situation in the name of Jesus. Begin to speak light in that situation that darkness would have to flee so that light could come forth. If you're battling spiritually in your mind with torment and the devil wants to tell you all the bad things about yourself, look at him and tell him he's a liar and that he's got to go back to hell. I'm tired. I'm tired of us playing with him. What are we doing? What are we doing? Why would we do that? You wouldn't let your children, would you? You wouldn't let your children play with a snake, a venomous snake? If you walked into a room and you saw your kid holding a snake, what would you do? You'd grab a hold of that thing and you'd cast it out. Probably without your even knowledge of doing it. You would just do that, you wouldn't leave it there to be attacked. And that's what God did. He didn't sit us in front of Satan and say, okay, just have your way. Just whatever you want to do. He didn't do that. He said, I've given you authority. I've given you the authority. Can you say that? I have the authority. I have the authority. And in John 8, 32, this is the moment. It says, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth sets you free. You may have come in the door in bondage, to torment, mental anguish. I'm all right, and on the inside you're not. But today the truth has been revealed, and we have the ability to take authority over that. In the second part of the scripture where it talks about um, binding and loosing, It says, where two or three agree on one thing under heaven, it shall be done. That doesn't mean that you don't have the authority in and of yourself, because you do. But the scripture absolutely says that when two or three agree. And it goes on to say, where two or three are gathered in my name, he is here in the midst. Are we not gathered in his name? Are we not gathered here? I'm, I'm done playing uh, with the enemy. I'm done with you playing with the enemy. Because he called us to a life of abundance. He didn't call us to being okay. He did not call you to being okay. Just close your eyes. My message, the end, was unwritten. So I'm just following the spirit. <laughs> but this is what I know. He didn't call you to just be okay with the things that you struggle with and deal with in your life. That lethargicness, that, that, that lack of fight, that lack of, uh, or, or that feeling of just being okay, everybody deals with this. I'm, you know, it's normal. Is a lie. It's a lie. It's not intended. It's not intended for the children of God. He didn't, he didn't intend for us to live that kind of life. He didn't intend for us to live there. Victory is ours. The word says that victory is ours. That the battle has already been won. So the enemy keeps tempting us with things that, we have, that have already been overcome by Jesus. They've already been conquered. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. That is not where your battle lies. But we've called out the accuser today. And he will not be the best friend of this church. I refuse. I refuse for him to be the best friend of this church. I bind that in the name of Jesus. I bind it in Jesus' name. I refuse to let you live that kind of life. I refuse to let myself live that kind of life. Where I'm always so beat down and depressed and, and sad and, and worried and stressed and overwhelmed and tormented. That Satan thinks he's got the church right where he wants him. Because that is not who we are. That is not who we are. That is not who we are. We call him out for the liar that he is. By definition... He doesn't even know truth. He can only masquerade as light, but there is no light in it. He can't just sell us something that sounds good. You know, you go to buy something, they always want to give you the extended warranty. I feel like Satan's in the extended warranty. You know what I'm saying? They're like, you need this because this piece of junk ain't going to last long enough. You're going to have to use the extended warranty. (sighs) And that's like what he's saying. He's like, oh yeah, you got Jesus, but he doesn't do everything. You got Jesus, but he's not going to take care of that situation. You're always going to deal with that. That's always going to be your issue. And that's when we look at him and say, the word of God says that I am an overcomer. That I have been bought with a price. That I carry higher value than that. That I will not be defeated, but I will be an overcomer. That my testimony will speak of how good God is and how good and faithful that He has been to me. It is not in my power, but in His, that He has given me the authority to move mountains, to say to a mountain, move from here to there. I ain't seen us moving any mountains, but I believe we can. Third world countries shouldn't be the only place that people are coming back to life. That shouldn't be the only place that limbs are growing back and and blind eyes are seeing. But in America, we've become too comfortable. We've become too comfortable in our Christianity. Shame on us. Shame on us. I'm getting onto myself now. Shame on us. But I have a feeling there is a shaking going on in our world. And it does feel uncomfortable. And as Christians, we can, we can get into despair. We can feel hopeless. But instead, we have the hope of glory living in us. And that is who we are. We have to run with that message. We have to tell a world that sees no place for God. That he sent his son to die for you. That is who he is. That is who you are. Because that's who he is. You get it? That is who he is. And then because that's who he is, that's who you are. That is who you are. So, I know that, um, I just know that the enemy has been roaring, and um, I have a feeling that some of you are tired of it, that you know it's not the way it should be, but it's been. (laughs) And I just believe that today is the moment that we put up, like, the do not enter sign, like... You can't. You can't cross the bloodline. I won't entertain this anymore. And the lies stop now. The lies stop now. So let's just all come up front. We just make it easy. Nobody has to make the decision. Just everybody come up. Because we all deal with them in one way or another. We do. Has he ever told you that you're crazy? You don't have to raise your hand, but has he? Has the enemy ever told you that you're crazy? Uh-huh. <laughs> he likes to say those kinds of things. Has he ever told you that, uh, that you're, not, you're not worthy of, of anyone's affection? Um, that uh, nobody nobody really wants you? That people will never understand you? You'll always feel lonely. You'll always feel inadequate. And so I say this morning, we take authority over that. And we bind a spirit of lies and deception. Would you just, if you're comfortable, well, I don't even care if you're comfortable, I'm going to tell you. Raise your hands. Good gracious. You can choose if you do it or not. (laughs) I'm just a little frustrated with the enemy this morning if you can't tell because you were built for better than this you were built for more So, Father, can you just pray all those things? You just begin to bind and loose. What's the struggle? Whatever it is. Lucas, you may need to play play loud because you know people get uncomfortable if people can hear them. So we just need to bring it up a notch and maybe sing something. I don't know. But as he's singing and the music comes up and makes us feel comfortable, just start binding those things in your life that you struggle with bind them off of you. The things that it seems like your parents struggled with and your uncles struggled with and and all that generational garbage that don't belong in your life. Just begin to call that thing out. Bind that thing and then loose the opposite. You don't have to know all the scriptures. Just begin to, to loose the opposite over it. I stand in agreement. It says where two or three are gathered in his name he is there and he will answer our prayers. He is there and he will answer our prayer. Just begin to bind and loose. Take authority over your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.